1: It's Three Dog
2: Thursday. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reid. We have reached it. We have reached the final four games for 2019 in Minneapolis. The final three games of the season. The final four teams that are live. Welcome in to the culmination of the best event in sports. What is uh, annually a, a phenomenal Saturday of Two matchups and fantastic drama leading us to a Monday night championship game, and it's all part of Three Dog Thursday. I am your somewhat capable host. He is senior handicapper and writer VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers, who is 6-for-6 on his NCAA underdog tournament games here on this show from the first weekend and last week on the Sweet 16 games bravo my friend sick there's good and then there's perfect there's six for six congratulations on the underdogs how are you you're raring to go
3: yes thank you it's it's nice to uh to do that well also i think i'm more proud that i hit auburn when you asked me who's a low seed that would get out of the sweet 16 against the final four and yep you know i just i just thought that auburn had the, the they had the most doable path of any of the lower seeds i thought that in the D.C. region, it would have been tough to knock off Duke or Michigan State twice, in a sense. And the other two, obviously, Purdue was close. But, uh, yeah, it worked out. So let's just see if we can wrap this thing up with another win.
2: And uh, your, your underdogs, again, in the Sweet 16 were Texas Tech, Virginia Tech, which did cover in the loss to Duke in the Sweet 16, and Auburn the outright winner over North Carolina. And then, again, as an underdog, an outright win uh, as you were taking them uh, to, to make it through to the Final Four. Uh, against kentucky we both had texas tech and by the way i believed that texas tech would emerge out of the west regional i picked that in all the brackets that i was in Uh, i said it here on this show that i thought they were equipped to beat michigan and to beat gonzaga head-to-head and they did so great job by them obviously, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the games from last weekend to set the table. We're going to talk about the final four games in stages. We'll go first with Virginia and Auburn in this segment. Kevin will be back in our final segment where we'll talk about the nightcap Texas Tech and Michigan State who got that great win over Duke. A couple of special guests that will be joining us a little bit later on the show. John Culver will be here, who's, oh, by the way, a Virginia grad, and he's the founder and CEO of the FanVest Wagering Exchange. That contest Ongoing, they are sponsors of ours as part of Three Dog Thursday. So John's going to talk some March Madness and talk some about the contest a little bit later on. And we're going to tell you, Kevin, everybody's trying to get tickets and try to get into this thing at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Our friends at Vivid Seats, we're going to get a chance to talk uh, one of uh, one of their senior marketing executives. Uh, uh casey moda is going to be here with us to talk about how you get a hold of those tickets through vivid seats and the mobile app for the final four for semifinal saturday and the national championship game and all the big events so those guests will be with us later on in the show and again uh we get ready for what is i believe the greatest event in sports coming up I- i'm going to put it right to you uh, that that was as much drama hotly contested and as good a basketball you- we- we've seen on an elite eight weekend In this century, probably going back to 05, Kevin, I don't know how much you're aware that in 05, that was the big Illinois comeback in the waning seconds against uh, Arizona. They won in overtime. Louisville outlasted John Beeline's West Virginia, who made all those three-pointers. They won in overtime. Michigan State won in double overtime against Kentucky. Remember Patrick Sparks, the famous three-pointer that touched every part of the rim and went in to force overtime. The game went to double OT, and Michigan State won. North Carolina also won a very close game with Wisconsin on the Elite Eight weekend, and North Carolina eventually with Sean May, Rashad McCants, and those guys won the national title over Illinois in the Final Four. Other than that, these games, Texas Tech, Gonzaga, Virginia, a- and Purdue, uh, followed by Auburn, Kentucky, and then Michigan State, Duke, they were incredible. Kevin, your thoughts coming off the weekend of how great those games were?
3: Well, one comment on that Louisville-West Virginia yeah. game. I remember that very well because I had Louisville in my bracket. I Boom. needed them to win. Boom. And I remember West Virginia with Pitts and all those <laughs> other guys hitting all those threes. I'm like, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden they chipped away, chipped away, I always loved Patino in the tournament. I I always did. So I'm like, they're going to come back. And they obviously came back and uh, ended up uh, winning that. But anyway, uh, looking back at the weekend, I guess, you know, one by one, uh, you know, Texas Tech was ready to, you know, to close out Gonzaga and Gonzaga hung around. If it wasn't for that technical foul and the reaching over to the line, you know, Gonzaga still had the door open where they could have snuck past Texas Tech. But, you know, obviously Chris Beard has done a fantastic job there and you know making texas tech you know what they are it's a football school but yet they're in the final four and you know this was a team that lost to west virginia in the opening game of the big 12 tournament or their opening game and you thought oh wow this is not a good sign but uh, they're fine they're in the final four when you look at auburn two really good wins against North Carolina, and then the double revenge against Kentucky. That, that was right. one of the big reasons I liked them, is just because Kentucky beat them twice, so you knew that Auburn would be motivated for that game. And, uh, you know, another exit for John Calipari. He gets the lifetime deal, but, you know, they end up not beating <laughs> a conference rival there. And then, you know, with the other two games with uh, the Purdue-Tennessee game, that Purdue had that one, it seemed like, in the bag uh, I'm sorry well Purdue well, had right. Purdue Auburn but uh, but Purdue had in the bag against Auburn and uh, uh, Virginia I'm sorry, Virginia I'm getting all confused con- Virginia I'm, getting, well, I'm sorry look, if look
2: let's getting let's confusing. go back first of all Purdue beating Tennessee in the overtime game amazing with Carson Edwards making all the shots and then it just continued there in Louisville against Virginia that second half was nuts with made shot after made shot um, I'm not saying that it was the same, the exact same as the Duke, Kentucky, epic regional final, East Regional, Philadelphia, Christian Leitner, Grand Hill, Bobby Hurley, the famous shot to beat Rick Patino in Kentucky. Uh, and that game was 104 to 103. It was crazy. But this game was similar on made shots, drama in a regional final, Purdue and Virginia. Was it not last Saturday night? Oh,
3: it was amazing. And. You know, when you, when you look at, uh, obviously, that shot at the buzzer to tie things up to go to overtime, and then from a covering standpoint, Virginia hits the two free throws with one second <laughs> left where, you know, <laughs> Purdue threw the ball out of bounds on, on the play before. And, look, I've always said this. When you get to this level, that you had eight fantastic teams left. You know, you, and granted, you didn't have Loyola Chicago or VCU right. or any of these other, you know, mid-majors. You had eight really good teams even though Texas Tech and Auburn aren't known as basketball schools, still for major conferences, there's familiarity there. And then, you know, when you get to Michigan State Duke, you know, a lot of people want to, you know, say, oh, Coach K failed. He had all these great players. Look, you got to the Elite Eight. You lost to a Michigan State team that could win it all. There's no shame in that. And – R.J. Barrett hits a free throw, and then the second free throw, they tie things up and go to overtime. That game went back and forth and back and forth. You know, this is where people, I'm sorry, I know it's opinion, where you say failure. Duke loses in the opening round of Liberty, that's a failure. No disrespect, Liberty. But they get to the Elite Eight, and, right. I, and I understand that they snuck by UCF and they snuck by Virginia Tech, but they won those games. Like, you know, you, everybody wants beauty points. winning every game by 30. Like, come on. They got by and they had a chance to be Michigan State, and they didn't fail at all. And I understand Coach K's been to two Final Fours in 15 years, which I think is hilarious that he's done that. But, you know, you get down to this point, Michigan State's a great team. Stop – Dumping on Michigan State, like, oh well, how did they lose to this team? That's a really good team they lost to. So you, know, you get to this point. I don't think there's any shame of them not getting to the Final Four, but uh, yeah, four really good games because, in all honesty, the first weekend stunk, so they needed something to uh, to bring it back.
2: Well, and back to that Duke Michigan State game. I think you know this, and we talked about this. How I mean, lucky to be alive is one way to put it with the with the escapes. Plural against UCF and Virginia Tech had them on the ropes and Virginia Tech had chances in the final minute, two minutes of the game. Again, a point blank, a point blank look a week ago last Friday night in front of the rim with one second left on the inbounds play to force overtime. It was not for the win, but it was to tie the game. And so then you came down the stretch of that game, and, and Kevin, I got the feeling, it's easy to say now, but I was I was telling people in advance, I was putting it on social media, you can't keep living dangerously like this, multiple games in the NCAA tournament. Sooner or later, somebody outplays you, makes shots, you miss shots, you miss free throws. That's what happened to Duke Sunday night. It finally caught up to them against a really good Michigan State team. They were living dangerously, and they fell off the high wire, did they not? On Sunday night, it finally bit them.
3: I mean, yeah, they did, and and you know what it proved, which I thought was kind of funny, they can't shoot the ball. They were a terrible team shooting threes. They were a terrible team at the free-throw line, it felt like. So that's why I kind of didn't understand are they just winning with athletes? You know, because you go back through the years, and I understand that, you know, this is before Kay had, you know, one-and-done guys. He had veterans. I mean, I remember at least when I was in school, you had Jay Williams, when you had Dunleavy, when you had a lot of these, when you had Shane Battier, when you had all these guys that they had three-point shooters, and Every guy could hit threes on that team, it felt like. Now, none of these guys can hit threes on this team, which is kind of like, that's not like Coach K is a, is not a guy that, you know, ran things like that. So it was kind of, you know, I don't say it, it, it should have happened the way it did, but they can't shoot the ball. So why is everyone so surprised that yeah, they didn't at get least, the Final Four? At
2: least this group could not. When he won it in 2015, he had a couple of shooters. And yeah, he had Okafor down low. But he had Justice Winslow could shoot it. He had two or three guys. When he won it in 2010, he had shooters on that team like Shire, like Singler, like Nolan Smith, and others that could shoot it. This team, not as good a shooting team, but Zion... Phenomenal individual effort, amazing skill level and athleticism for a true freshman. It is scary how talented he is, but what it reinforces is you can be a phenomenal player and still not get to the Holy Grail and get to the final four as great as you as great as you might be to never to never play there and never play on the biggest stage and Michigan state kept Zion Williamson in his one and done year from being even on the biggest stage in Minneapolis. Uh, for this weekend. All right, I promise we're going to get to the matchup with, uh, in this case, Virginia and Auburn will be first. We'll see if Kevin or I have an underdog prediction. Again, Kevin is six for six, so pay attention here for the final four underdogs. But you want to say something first right now about the coaching carousel, and in particular, uh, UCLA, what, what is going on? Do we know what's going on? Go ahead, Kevin.
3: Well, I mean, Jamie Dixon, he... Remember, he got ousted at Pitt, and then TCU was kind of a mess, and he went to TCU. I mean, I mean, he went to school there, and then obviously right. it was a good pickup for them. I, you know what it is? And, again, I, I, I'm not for kids getting paid. I'm really not, because I think they get a lot in, in school. I just don't like how they're, in a sense, shackled. That, you know, coaches, and I understand they work for the university, blah, 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 But coaches can sign extensions to all this and just bail for another job. And kids, you know, heaven forbid that they want to transfer. Now they're being babies and immature and all this other stuff. You know, but, you know, Jamie Dixon, I've, you know, UCLA is obviously a better job than TCU. and It seems like nobody wants the UCLA job for whatever reason, because maybe it's just not a good job. Maybe that's just what it is uh, right now. But you know Jamie Dixon. I mean, I don't want to say he built back up TCU, made them respectable. You know, they, they had a really bad loss to Texas in the NIT in the semifinal. It seemed that they had handled twice this year. But you know, I, I guess you you go there and you're like, okay, I'm here to, to revive the program. You're there like two years, and then you get a better job and you leave. You know, and, and that's well, here's where. The, you
2: know, right, so let me interject. So here's where the connection comes because he spent a lot of time in Southern California. Uh, he was on Ben Howland's staffs plural, when they were having success. So there's the connection. He then went uh, to Pitt uh, and took the Pitt job. So there is a connection there. But at the time we're talking, and again, you may already know in the carousel, did he agree or did he stay at TCU? But at the time we're talking, they can't figure out how to get him out of his buyout. The TCU athletic director and negotiating did a great job of having an $8 million buyout that he's apparently unwilling to pay and UCLA is unwilling to pay. Maybe that gets worked out. I don't know. So there is a connection there. But this has been an embarrassing situation for UCLA, which has known since the first part of January they needed a new head coach. They fired Steve Alford right before the new year uh, and have had an interim coach. This has been an embarrassment for UCLA when they've had three months to search, Kevin, on this.
3: Yeah, and I'm sure there are plenty of coaches that would like to move to Los Angeles and to coach a program like UCLA and I don't know why either nobody wants the job or you know they just can't find the right person you know there should be a lot of people that would want that job but you know I don't know just come back to even I mean Jamie Dixon like and I understand like yeah Howland went from Pitt to UCLA and now Dixon will go from Pitt to tech to TCU to UCLA but you know these coaches just can get up and you know the situation. Right. Ah, I'm kind of done with this. I'm going to go somewhere else. You know, and, and yeah, it's the nature of life. I understand that. Like I get it. Like Buzz Williams leaving Virginia Tech to go to Texas A and M, where you know he is. You know he's from there, so fine. But at the same time you know, you left Marquette to go to Virginia Tech, and I get you're going to a football school, and you're going to a school that's on ESPN, not like on FS1 with the Big East, that you've got more exposure. But, like, you build it up, and you give the people something to care about. Now you're just going to Texas A&M, who doesn't me turn well, they're him a paying bit. him a
2: lot more, but I don't understand it either. I, I I mean, if you look at the two jobs, the way he's built up Virginia Tech, he he could win and co- I know you're not Duke, you're not North Carolina. And the ACC is much tougher with all the programs that are in there now, but I don't know that the Texas A and M job. I mean, that's going to be difficult. Uh, yes, he can recruit into. I don't know about Buzz. I loved your line too on social media here as we roll along on Three Dog Thursday. That are they are they the most prominent? uh, FBS division one program that has two nickname coaches. Cause you got buzz in basketball. You got Jimbo in football.
3: And you know what those guys, and, and what's funny is both those guys left. I'm not going to say Virginia tech is so much better than Texas A&M in basketball, but both left. It seemed like a better situation to go there and Texas A&M we know has a ton of money. So I can't blame Jimbo Fisher for going there from Florida state and really, you know, with Buzz Williams, you know, you go to, and I find it funny that these guys go to these schools that are football schools, and I don't blame them where football is number one, two, and three, you know, on basically uh, on uh, the importance list. So that's where you kind of fly under the radar in a right. sense so I don't blame them. Oh, there's no question. But good guess,
2: good point. There's no question. If Buzz Williams gets them back in the NCAA tournament, and keep in mind now, they were a Sweet 16 program last year, and then they fired Billy Kennedy this year for, I guess, not winning enough and uh, not getting enough big-time recruits or whatever, But they and they were in the tournament two or three other times under Billy Kennedy. But if Buzz if Buzz Williams gets them to the tournament, that's satisfactory, at least here in the short term. He doesn't have to be in the Sweet 16. He doesn't have to be in the Final Four, so I agree with you on that.
3: But, But I guess my final point on it, Probably on the flip side is, unless you're leaving Duke or Michigan State or Kansas or Kentucky, then really, I guess, every job is one that someone can leave, you know, that right. y- that you can find someone else pretty much anywhere, and, you know, that's just what it is that I, I guess – you know, the people should be thankful to Eric Musselman at Nevada for making them relevant, that he wasn't going to stay there forever, that Buzz Williams got Virginia Tech on the map and almost beating Duke in the tournament. So, you know, he's not going to stay forever. So I guess that's the other way to look at it. But again, like I said before, I just wish that these players, My my thing is always this, give them one mulligan from the standpoint of if they want to transfer without sitting out a year, let them do it. If you want to do it again, then you got to sit out a year. But these coaches, they're not sitting out a year. They're going to right. go coach immediately. Right. So that's kind of what I say. Make it at least a little bit better where the players have a little bit more mobility and a little more freedom. And then I would have as much of a problem of the coaches leaving because, you know, the coaches are leaving for more money. The players aren't leaving the program for, for more money somewhere else. So that's kind of where it's a little
2: uneven. It is very uneven. Now, the players can leave and play immediately if they've graduated or if they have a hardship. But if they've graduated, they can pick and choose. If they don't want to go to the NBA to go play in another program for one more year, and a lot of them have done that. One more, I thought it was interesting. Kelvin Sampson obviously had his team in the Sweet 16 playing Kentucky last weekend on the Friday night. He is electing by all indications to accept a new contract extension for more money at Houston. Did it surprise you that he apparently rebuffed the overtures from Arkansas and maybe even Texas A&M or a couple of others because he's been a guy at Oklahoma in the Big 12. He's been at Indiana, left disgracefully at Indiana and got run off. Uh, did it surprise you that he stuck with Houston at least for now? Again, subjects to change. You may be hearing us on Three Dog Thursday this weekend and Kevin Kelvin Sampson did a 180 and took one of these jobs, but at the time we're taping this, it looks like he's staying in Houston. Does that surprise you, Kevin?
3: No, because here's what I think that I mean. Maybe he's just waiting for something better. Like that, I mean, if he waits another year, you know, you know, he's safe at Houston. So there's no reason to leave. Right. And again, I guess.
2: And it's like a million dollar. Per- if I can interject, it's like a million dollar raise. And 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 Houston's expectation again. They're a football school. Houston's expectation is not the same that that Arkansas uh, would be in the SEC because they've been down for a lot of years. And have not made deep runs. You go to Arkansas and you don't win for a year or two. You may be out. So I understand it a little bit from that standpoint. It just it surprised me that he didn't jump again. Also,
3: and also, obviously, Houston's a better job than Nevada is. That's why for Eric Musselman, I can't blame him for leaving.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Live
3: in Reno and be in the Mountain West, and you know, (laughs) as opposed to Calvin Sampson living in a big city in Houston. You're in the AAC, you know, which is you know a step up from the Mountain West, and. You know, now ESPN, they just signed that whole big TV deal, so you know, there's a lot of exposure there. I just think that if he stays, it's one of those, I'm going to stay for now because I, there's nothing i like. like. None of these jobs are attractive, right. but I'll listen next year
2: and see what happens. Okay. If it's not one more on UCLA, if it's not Jamie Dixon, this may have to be like a former player that has some kind of connection to UCLA, and they and they have to go cheaper and what? Because they went with Alford. They're they're trying to hire a Calipari, uh, Jamie Dixon that does have some connection. But this may, there are a couple of former UCLA players that are assistant coaches in different places. Cameron Dollar is one of those uh, that's been on the uh, on the staff at UCLA before. So uh, let's see. Let's see what the Bruins do. But, Watson's oh, another name yes, thrown out but there. But this has clearly been botched by them. Uh, uh, no matter who they hire, uh, in the next couple of days, this weekend, after the Final Four, they've had three months. Dan Guerrero, the athletic director, has had three months to figure it out, target someone, and go get your guy. Uh, So let's see for the for the UCLA job. All right. uh, So I I have built it up here on three dog Thursday. We have two games remaining for the weekend. Here's how here's how we'll put it out there. Uh, We'll go the first game, Virginia Auburn. When you come back later in the show, we're going to talk Michigan State, Texas Tech. Do either one of us like the underdogs? And then I want a team in the final segment that is not Michigan State. Michigan State's the favorite to win this thing, even though they were a two-seed and Virginia was a one-seed. Michigan State is essentially the favorite in this to win it. Izzo's experience, et cetera? If it's not Michigan State, who out of the other three teams is going to cut the nets down Monday night? I'll get Kevin's thoughts on that again in the final segment. For now, Virginia, Auburn, your thoughts on this game, and do you like the Auburn Tigers real quick?
3: No, I don't, even though I liked them in the last few rounds. I think that for Virginia... That after losing to UMBC last year, and then the Gardner Webb first half, you're like, oh god, it's going to happen again. And then they came back and won that. And yeah, they snuck by Oregon, and they uh, and they snuck by against Purdue. And yep. we see obviously that Purdue, you know, is a very good team. But I think Virginia is ready to have one of these bust out games where you know Auburn. We saw their offense against North Carolina what they did, but Virginia's defense I think can really shut them down. So. You know, I I'm not really gonna gonna back uh, Auburn in the
2: spot in this in this particular instance. Auburn is just like what Purdue was in those two games, and I know they don't have Okiki, their big man that tore his, his knee up, but they have a couple of athletic big guys. Uh, Virginia's got a little bit of a size advantage, but Auburn uh, with Bryce Brown and and with the three point shooting, they've got three or four guys that can make the three. I think this is danger, danger for Virginia because Auburn is the type of team that may not even be playing well for a stretch of the game or in the first half, but can get hot and make four or five three-pointers in a segment of the game and be right back there. I mean, Kentucky had the game under control, and then Auburn hit them with big shot after big shot after big shot to go and take the Midwest Regional from them. I will take Auburn here. I'll take the five and a half points, and it would not surprise me at all if they if they knock off Virginia and Charles Barkley is causing a seismic event jumping up and down in U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota on the set of Turner and CBS Sports. Let's see. Let's see if Auburn uh, can get it. They've never been in the Final Four. Uh, Virginia has twice before. Tony Bennett has never been there as a coach. Neither has Bruce Pearl as a head coach. Going to be a fascinating first game. I will take the Auburn Tigers as part of three dog uh, Thursday. It, it will be very intriguing to see how well they shoot in the dome, particularly with the way that Auburn shot the three in beating Kansas and North Carolina and Kentucky in succession. Hello, uh, Virginia. By the same token, deserves credit for being there. But uh, when you're when you're beating Oregon and you're beating Purdue, that's that's not Kansas, North Carolina, and Kentucky in terms of history. So. Let's see what happens in that matchup. Kevin, stand by. We've got much more on the way. He'll be back in the final segment where we're talking Michigan State, Texas Tech. I, I want to talk to Kevin, too. We, we want to plug away about our movies podcast. We've seen that because we're talking NCAA uh, final four week and basketball movies on that podcast. And Kevin's a contributor this week on that. When I bring you back, I want to talk about all those things. All right, Kevin, I look forward to it a little bit later on in the show.
3: Oh, yes, we are. Yes, that was a very fun podcast, and uh, I will be more than happy to discuss any of those points again from that movie.
2: Oh, no doubt about that. So that's going to be later on in the show. We will continue. It is Three Dog Thursday, the only digital radio show that's devoted exclusively to underdogs. More on the way. Stay with us. Special edition of Three Dog Thursday being brought to you in part by Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. Again, remember that promo code, TJ Basketball 10 to take 10% off your order, first time orders for this weekend. So if you're headed to the Great White North, these final four showdowns with Virginia and Auburn, Michigan State, Texas Tech, go to Vivid Seats for the great selection, the great customer care, 100% guarantee for your purchase. And remember that promo code TJ Basketball 10 gets you 10% off. Enjoy the final four. Go get your seats with Vivid Seats.
1: Dogs are barking. Who will get
2: it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. We are counting down to the upcoming Final Four, and whether it is Michigan State, Texas Tech, or Virginia and Auburn, we cannot wait for these games. And we cannot wait to talk a little more about FanVest Wagering Exchange, because they have had a contest going now for the first two weekends of the NCAA tournament and somebody's going to walk away with $5,000 as the users have come from near and far to play the game, invest in teams like the stock market, and it's all about to play out in Minneapolis with these final 3 games of the season. 4 teams, 3 games, and the founder and CEO of Fanvest wagering exchange is Mr. John Culver who is back with me to talk about how all of this is going to play out. Oh my lord, you are a UVA guy. How's the heart right now how how's the breathing are we did we get a few days to recover before uva plays in the final four again for the first time in 30 plus years how are you john
1: hey tj i'm doing great thanks um it you know, I, I'm a I'm a nervous wreck this week to be honest. But uh, I, I'm just glad to get out of the first round. That was our first thing we had to do was get past uh, Gardner Webb. So, uh, yes, uh, and,
2: and they did. And then and then last Saturday, let's get right to it. Last Saturday night, an incredible game. Forget about rooting interest. If you're just a fan, Lord John, what a game! Virginia and Purdue made shot. After made shot, I'll tell you a quick story. One of my ten-year-old twin daughters uh, is sitting there watching the game with me, and she she says, "What America says, Dad, they're not missing. Neither team is missing a shot." John, it was crazy for Virginia and Purdue last Saturday night.
1: It was it was an unbelievable game, and uh, it just I couldn't believe it. They call it March Madness for a reason. Uh, when it ticked down there to the you know last few seconds of that game, I thought, all right, you know. <laughs> Virginia's done, You know, you know, Purdue was just gonna, you know, take this one and, and uh after that missed free throw, I thought there's no way uh with the time going down when that ball goes into the backcourt, uh oh. this thing's over. And then and I yet, feel like time just
2: slowed and down. Yet it's a great pass and Mamadi Diatique Diaquite, if I can get it out, Mamadi Diakite is the big man. He catches and in one motion puts the shot in. Now you're a big odds guy, stock market portfolio guy. If he takes that shot four more times, same scenario. Helter skelter play, wild pass being thrown to him, does he make it again out of five attempts or does he go over four? Or what do you what do you think? I mean he made the one that mattered, but could he have made it again if you gave him four I more imagine, chances?
1: I imagine if- I imagine if you played that scenario over a hundred times, it would happen maybe three, oh. maybe three out of a hundred. Oh. That was not an easy shot. And no that pass get there from the backcourt. Uh, and he clearly got it off in time. And I the mean, presence of
2: mind, John, to know I can't oh. dribble, because if I take a dribble, the horn's going to sound. So he knew it is a catch and shoot, put it up there. Oh, what a moment. What a moment. Mm-hmm. And then the overtime, the Virginia clinches it. I, I can't see you, but I know you probably have on the Wahoo colors—the Cavalier orange and blue—and you're smiling <laughs> ear to ear to have them back in the uh, what a game, what a game, and, and what a weekend.
1: And, and and we can't, you know, we can't talk about that game. I think without talking about Carson Edwards, mm. um, he was just inspired during that game, and I I, I couldn't believe he reminded me of Stephen Curry hitting those threes oh. just from all over the place, and uh, you know, a lot. A lot of people compared him to Derrick Rose. Who knows where, you know, how he'll pan out in the NBA? But I mean, he almost single-handedly defeated UVA. <laughs> I that love game you're well. true, I mean, yeah, very true.
2: I love that moment where Diakite was coming to him uh, out of a timeout and just looking at him and smirking like, "You got to be kidding me with those shots you're making." And, and Carson Edwards <laughs> just kind of looked at him and smiled back, almost kind of half winked, like, "I know, I know, yeah. this is crazy. We're in the middle of this, he but was- we're even going to have a moment together where we we just smile. Wow."
1: That's right. I mean, he was feeling it. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite moments was uh, after the game, uh, they were interviewing a Kyle Guy, and he had said, uh, you know, last year we made bad history, of course, losing to UMBC as the first number one to lose to a 16 seed. Uh, And this year we're, you know, we're trying to make good history. And I thought that was a good way uh, to sum it up. Absolutely. Uh,
2: Forever and ever, forever and ever, when you tell the story, yes, the the awful, okay, we have the stigma of the first one to lose to a 16, but it's part of history that the next year, the, the following season, as a one seed with all the pressure back on and all the scrutiny, they made the Final Four, and who knows... Who knows, starting with Saturday, we may be talking about Virginia in the championship game. I know John Culver is uh, is hoping uh, for that. All right, so let's get back to the contest. FanVest Wagering Exchange has been having this contest for the last two weeks. Right now, uh, you've got numerous players that have an opportunity at the $5,000 uh, grand prize. They can go to FanVestWageringExchange.com. Check out the leaderboard for the March Madness portfolio. And see who the top scores are but the great thing here john is this thing is still wide open for michigan state texas tech virginia and auburn and whoever has those teams that win has a chance still to make up ground in your in your top 10 if not your top 15 or your top 20 and, and maybe get in the money here
1: absolutely and and before you know discuss this this final weekend and everything i just also wanted to say you know apologies as we understand that uh we had some technical issues we actually had our site crash i understand a lot of your um you know listeners wanted to get a chance to uh come on board and uh we really appreciate you know the interest that folks have showed and, <laughs> um you know with some of these things with our beta launch we we uh, had a, a lot of a lot of people trying to rush in at the end and our back end uh, just went out on us so we just wanted to send our uh yeah, apologies, but really appreciate your interest and uh you can also, you know, put in your email. Um, you know, the contest is closed unfortunately, but you can you can still log in and give us uh, your email so you can stay up to date on uh, the new products that we're going to be coming out which we'll get into um, you know, for the NFL season and everything, but uh just wanted to, you know, say thanks again for your interest sure. and uh We really hope to uh, bring you in uh, for our future products.
2: Well done on that. Demand is good, and being ready for the demand down the road. So, again, if you couldn't get in, go to fanvestwageringexchange.com, send them an email anyway, and they'll keep you up to date on when the next contests are, and it's absolutely free to play. So, again, one more time, whether it's Michigan State or Virginia, the two favorites, or Texas Tech or Auburn, you were telling me there are a lot of players that were racking up with Auburn obviously upsetting right. North Carolina and Kentucky last weekend. If you had Auburn and you still have Auburn, if you invested several shares in Auburn in the in the portfolio game, you're in great shape right now.
1: That's right. Yeah, to remind uh, the listeners or folks who aren't familiar uh, with the kind of scoring system we have, the primary driver for, for users to, to earn more net points is the margin of victory uh, by investing in teams you know, who win by more points than other teams. And, uh, you know, Auburn went in, obviously it's sort of the, the biggest underdog really going into the, uh, last weekend and they ended up winning by six points and for our, our elite eight round, those six points were worth two times as much. So folks could buy Auburn shares a lot cheaper than say you could buy, you know, Duke shares or, uh, you know, Virginia shares. And so the people who I invested in Auburn, you know, had a really good sort of performance and bump. And there's a lot of folks right now who weren't on the leaderboard before. Um, You know, like you said, the number one is going to get $5,000 cash. Number two gets 500. And then uh, players three through 10 are going to get $100 ahead. So there's a lot that could go on uh, here in this final four weekend because the points are worth three times as much in this round. Uh, So, you know, there's still a lot of players who might be on the outside looking in. You know, get lucky or make some smart strategic plays. And uh, who knows, you know, they could find themselves instantly in the top 10 or top three. Um, And then we get to our championship uh, round where uh, the winner will get four times as much uh, net points. And we could have another reshuffling of the leaderboard. So, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot could happen here, you know, the old Yogi Berra. I'm thinking up. this,
2: I'm thinking this, John Culver, while you're talking the old Yogi Berra, it ain't over till it's over. And it's not going to be until Monday night, more than likely on who's invested That's in right. the two teams Monday night.
1: That's right. Absolutely. And and it's been really fun to see different usernames sort of pop up as the tournament's gone on. And uh, some people, like I said, get, got really lucky. And I think, you know there's there's been a lot of discussion you know some users have emailed me about some strategies or things to think about um you know whether it's going really concentrated and and i had uh, early on you know some folks were just putting everything into buffalo or everything in oregon and they were moving up the leaderboard um but then you know obviously there's a lot of risk involved there so it'll be interesting to see how people kind of choose to allocate their portfolios going into the final four because remember um, you know, these users have earned more fan bucks to kind of invest in teams. Um, and so they have the opportunity if, if they want to, you know, they could they could buy a little bit of each and sort of, you know, create a little bit of a hedge from an investing perspective. Yep. Or, you know, why not go all in? You know, if you've got a team you feel really good about, uh, go ahead and make that big play.
2: No doubt. Another moment or two. John Culver, FanVest Wagering Exchanges, founder and CEO. Go to FanVestWageringExchange.com. I can't let you get out of here. If I had to pin you down, because we're having fun talking about underdogs... Out of Texas Tech or Auburn, who are not the favorites, I know you want your Virginia Cavaliers to cut the nets down, but they're a favorite. Michigan State is obviously favored. They're going to have the regional support, too, in the upper Midwest. Of the Big Ten crowd and the proximity, there's going to be more Michigan State fans than anybody. We know this. We we believe this. Right. So if it's Texas Tech or Auburn, which of those two has the best chance to win the whole thing? Do you have a quick opinion on Texas Tech with their defense, Auburn with their three-point shooting? What do you think, John?
1: Yeah, I mean, Texas Tech is, is is certainly, I would be favored, you know, there. I mean, Auburn's been, I think, the real surprise here uh, for this Final Four. And we know that Bruce Pearl's got a great record, you know, coaching. And, and, and they seem to be one of these hot teams. And you look at some of these teams uh, historically and during the tournament, there really is something, too. They just kind of catch fire. Um, and so I think it'd be kind of interesting to see, you know, a team like Auburn, you know, see Charles Barkley and everything you know, really kind of pull the upset if, if it's going to be somebody else. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to go against, you know, Izzo. I still see him uh, in Michigan State a number two seat still is kind of personally. I see them as a the favorite uh, for the whole thing. But I think it'd be pretty cool to see uh, Auburn. You know, if it's not going to be Virginia, personally,
2: most most cool though, if it is UVA and the uh, and the and the connection to Ralph Sampson, who's been at the games uh, mm-hmm. already in Louisville. We we know Big Ralph is going to be there uh, for the uh, for the games in Minneapolis. We'll see if Virginia can get to that championship game on uh, on monday night or not i know this man will be watching he's a virginia guy are you gonna are you gonna watch with others are you gonna watch in in uh in isolation here uh on saturday night for a final four game against auburn what about it john
1: well, I have to to be honest, I wish I could be watching in isolation. Uh I, I like to watch some of these games either with, you know, some other uh, you know, fellow grads uh, or fans or, or for me I like I get pretty nervous during these games, but I found out that uh my girlfriend had made dinner plans uh for, oh, for, for us on that night. So we had to make a few lord. adjustments there. my lord. And, hey, you,
2: gotta, you gotta get, out, you gotta get you gotta get her with the program that we either gotta eat early or, or we're going to eat late, or we're going to do Sunday oh, yeah. brunch instead as a trade-off because... That's right. I mean, we got Virginia in the Final Four, John Culver. This that's is right. This no, is taking right. a precedent over appetite and social engagement. It takes a precedent over all of that.
1: I know, and I, I, I was able to, you know, diplomatically handle that situation. <laughs> but, of course, you know, I'm going to be... I'm going to be, uh, you know, paying for it with brunch or, you know, multiple other dinners down the road. But, uh, of course, you know, I'm not going to miss this game at all. Um, and so I, I really look forward to it. And, and hopefully uh, it will be a good weekend just full of college basketball. This tournament never disappoints. never. Uh, and, you know, Michigan State and Duke was also another great finish. And, uh, you know, I think Duke was obviously the odds-on favorite going into this whole thing. And the only way they are going to lose is was if they beat themselves, and I think they kind of did in that game. And uh, so it's it's different not having Duke in the Final Four. They're typically yep. there, and obviously with Zion and you know the talent they had on that team. But um, I think it's kind of cool when you get some of these different teams in the mix, you know, an Auburn, a Texas Tech, uh, um, and, and it should be for uh, another great weekend of uh, college
2: basketball. No doubt. My hand is up, by the way, because in your game, in your portfolio, March Madness Challenge, I had four shares of Duke, and down they went. That's just that's part of the game. Everybody had to take risks and take chances. So we will, uh, we will see. And again, for the fans that are playing, for the users that are playing, keep, uh, locked in on that leaderboard because it may change, uh, Saturday night after the two games. It likely will change for for Monday night as well. Who's got what shares of these teams? They can go to fanvestwageringexchange.com and see the leaderboard as well as to what might happen. And John, again, we encourage them one more time go there, sign up with their email email. If they're hearing us here as part of uh, this podcast, they they can go and sign up as well uh, there to fanvestwageringexchange.com. Put your email in and they'll, they'll get updated not only on this March Madness Portfolio Bracket Challenge here, but also on your future products like the NFL and everything else you're doing, right? One more time, real quick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's right, TJ. If you just want to get onto our mailing list, uh, we're going to you know be obviously discussing some of our NFL products that Uh, we have been working on and are really excited to, you know, debut this fall. Uh, So please visit uh, fanvestwageringexchange.com. And again, thanks. Thanks a lot for the support and interest. And, you know, we're trying to sort of bring uh, a new way to invest in sports. And uh, so far uh, the folks who've participated have uh, given really great feedback. They really enjoyed this sort of new way to uh, experience March madness. And we look forward to bringing a new way to experience the NFL and, sort of sit in between fantasy sports and investing and and sports gambling. So uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully hosting you on our website. com. Thanks a lot.
2: Oh, we're headed towards Minneapolis in the Final Four. And if you are a fan and you are looking to get in for these national semifinals or for the championship game as part of Final Four weekend in Minneapolis, U.S. Bank Stadium, we suggest you use Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app Casey Mota is here with me, senior marketing guru here from Vivid Seats. I love, I love the fact that the public has so many different options and opportunities to get tickets to the game. Casey, welcome. I know you're excited about the Final Four, and we're excited to tell fans more about Vivid Seats and how they can get into the game.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, TJ. Um, we're very excited about the Final Four. Um, Obviously, vivid seats. We have tickets still available for the games on Saturday and as well as the championship on Monday. We have uh, seats all over the stadium available. We got upper, lower bowl, even some courtside seats behind the bench. So we're looking forward to, uh, to the games coming up.
2: Well, and as as some people might think, this is drastic. It's one of the toughest events to get into in sports. And right now, it's earlier in the week. Right now, you can get in for as little as $400. You've got lower-level tickets that are more than that, but a great selection. And tell them again, why do they want to use Vivid Seats and your app? What are the reasons why?
0: You
4: know, our app and Vivid Seats, we have all the tickets, right? We have upper, lower bowl. Um, beyond that, we also have the lowest prices as it pertains to tickets available right now in the market, for a marketplace and finally we have our 100% fan guarantee which guarantees that you know even if your tickets digital delivery and it's on your mobile device you will get in you will be able to use that ticket. If not, we are we will refund you 100% of your money.
2: Love that. Great customer service with Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. And we've got a special promo code that they can use, TJBasketball10, as part of the Final Four weekend and even the championship game on Monday night. That promo code is going to get them 10% off their order but we we need to make this clear, though, too. It's for first-time users, right, Casey? Uh, we want to entice the new users to come on and try it. So if you've been using uh, Vivid Seats and other promo codes, just be mindful this is uh, for first-time users that are using a promo code. Did I explain that correct?
0: And You
4: nailed it, TJ. Yeah, it's definitely for first-time users. Uh, we're looking to bring in um, some new audience uh, to introduce you to Vivid Seats and, and how great we really are have you kind of come through, see our ticket selection, really recognize the low prices, and uh, hopefully appreciate that buyer guarantee.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. TJ Basketball 10 for the Final Four uh, this weekend for the championship game. But you were saying to me, hey, the promo code is still good to use in other areas, right? If they want to use TJ Basketball 10, it's good for 10% off, up to $50 off your order in other places. And you've got great selection of all kinds of events, not just sports, on Vivid Seats.
4: Yep. Absolutely, yeah, TJ. Um, I mean, obviously the final four being so big it'd be great to use it for that but obviously we have uh nhl playoffs coming up we got nba playoffs we have the kentucky derby uh there's (laughs) coachella uh, hamilton you name it any any live event in the country that you're interested in going in you're able to use that code for
2: love it, TJ Basketball 10 on that one. All right, I can't let you get out of here. I, I I get the sense you're a big basketball fan. What do you think about this weekend with Virginia, Auburn, and Texas Tech and Michigan State? Who do you like and why?
4: Um, well, I I love Michigan State. I, I, I can't bet against Tom Izzo. I mean, if you look at history, if you play for Izzo for what four years, you're guaranteed to make it to the Final Four at least once. So he's well on pace with that once again. Um, I actually think it will be Michigan State and Auburn for the matchup. And I'm very excited to see how Charles Barkley controls himself during that (laughs) game.
2: (laughs) Man, oh, man. Auburn's first Final Four. Likewise, Texas Tech's first Final Four. It's going to be crazy, and we suspect, I don't know that they're going to empty out the state of Michigan, but a lot of the greater Detroit area, East Lansing, is going to be headed there. should be a lot of green, we think, Casey, coming to Minneapolis, Big Ten country, Upper Midwest, for this. And again, we encourage them, right, go to Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app to get their tickets. One more time, right?
4: Absolutely, yeah. We encourage you guys to jump in and get your tickets through Vivid Seats, especially if you believe and you know your team's going to make it to the championship, better buy it this week than wait till after the game's on Saturday.
2: No doubt about that. Use that promo code TJBasketball10. Take 10% off first-time users. TJBasketball10 uh, there for 10% off up to $50. Casey, Mota Motamedi, thank you, and we're excited for the Final Four. We appreciate you being on board with us talking about Vivid Seats.
4: Thanks a lot, TJ.
2: We do indeed come back in one more time with Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, VegasInsider.com. I make mention again, 6-for-6 Kevin is on his previous two weekends of underdog picks on this show documented, including going with Texas Tech and Auburn last week. Uh, We're going to see what he thinks about Texas Tech and Michigan State in the second national semifinal game coming up from U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota on Saturday night. In just a moment or two, we should make mention, though, our sister podcast on the RadioInfluence.com family. And a reminder, again, if you found us through RadioInfluence.com, you can subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, tune in. But check out the Radio Influence lineup including our 80s and 90s movies podcast. We've seen that. My partner Jay Betzel and I have a lot of fun talking 80s and 90s movies. And I'm I'm just saying in present company, Kevin Rogers was lobbying. I got to be on the show. I got to get on the show and talk some 80s and 90s movies. So we had you on because we're doing a double feature this week. In addition to Hoosiers, uh, the classic Indiana high school basketball movie, Gene Hackman, Dennis Hopper, perfect for Final Four week. We're doing a little 25th anniversary blue chips. Nick Nolte and the and the great NBA players, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Anthony Hardaway when they were just out of college, uh, Ed O'Neal in this one, Mary McCormick in this one about the Bobby Knight type character, fictitious coach that goes crazy and uh, yells and screams and eventually they start paying players. So blue chips is 25 years old. And Kevin Rogers was on the podcast talking blue chips. So we want to plug away. Did you have fun this week with us on We've Seen That?
3: Yes, I did enjoy it, and I like the idea of the podcast with 80s and 90s movies. That's right up my alley, so I followed it for a bit. And, uh, yeah, so, so definitely very happy to be included in that one. We had a, we had a fun conversation about uh, the movie and uh, its impact all these years later and the performances in it. So, uh, yes, and hopefully we can do it again. I don't know what else you're thinking about. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I may have to weed it out, because I can't just say yes to every single movie.
2: I understand, because you're a big you're a big movies guy like we are. But we've we got to go to K-Rodge. we got to go to Kevin Rogers every once in a while on some of these. Isn't it interesting, and we talk about this on the show, but it's not a nuclear secret, that that was really pulling the curtain back or exposing the public to the corruptible side of college athletics 25 years ago. And Kevin, obviously... Not much has changed. I mean, one of the backdrops of this Final Four is one of Bruce Pearl's former assistants, former Auburn great, former NBA great Chuck Person, pled guilty three weeks ago in federal court in this whole uh, corruption scandal involving Adidas and sports agents. Uh, Chuck Person allegedly took $91,000 in bribes, funneled some of the money to two Auburn players who are playing this weekend. Austin Wiley and Daniel Purifoy are playing this weekend in the game with Virginia, and money was funneled to their families, allegedly. Uh, Purifoy sat the first nine games of this year for his involvement in the scandal. So my point is, 25 years after Blue Chips, it's nothing new. It is still going on in college athletics. Just real quick, Kevin.
3: Yeah, it's not going to stop anytime soon because everybody wants to be the best. And, you know, you don't get the players, you get fired. So what do you have to do? It's either, you know, do things clean, do it the right way, lose and get fired, or cheat, hope you don't get caught, win, get better jobs.
2: Well, yeah. And, and, the, and the money goes up and up and up because you see somebody like Zion Williams and Kevin who is easily, for his one year in college basketball, upped his worth even more and is easily worth a couple of hundred million dollars, not just on his NBA salary, but his off-the-court shoe deal, endorsements, commercials that he can now do. I mean, Zion Williamson is going to be a multi-millionaire, probably a hundred millionaire, in a matter of a few weeks here in the the offseason with the deals that he does. So it's remarkable the money that's flowing around and, and how far ahead of the time Blue Chips was on, on siding with uh, some of the corruption. So, again, go to uh, We've Seen That, where you look for podcasts. Go to radioinfluence.com under We've Seen That. Kevin is on the show on the edition talking about blue chips that is out this weekend for Final Four uh, weekend. All of that being said, let's get into Texas Tech and Michigan State. Texas Tech off the West Regional win against the one seed Gonzaga. Michigan State beat the one seed in the East uh, in Duke. So now they meet head to head in the nightcap Saturday night in Minnesota. Kevin, what do you think about this game? And are you looking at those Red Raiders?
3: I am. And, you know, when you look at what they've done so far in the tournament, you know, Northern Kentucky, good team out of the Horizon League. Should have beat them handily. They did. Beat uh, a pretty good Buffalo team in the second round by 20 points. Destroyed an excellent Michigan team, held them to 44 points. In the Sweet 16, and then beat uh, a team that was number one in the country going into the West Coast Conference tournament in Gonzaga. So those are four really good wins that they had. And like I mentioned, you know the only blemish in this whole time is is getting tripped up by West Virginia in the Big 12 tournaments. This team has been excellent, obviously all season and even down the stretch. You know when you look at Michigan State, you know we talked about the win over Duke, and they dominated LSU. They dominated Minnesota. Uh, earlier in the tournament, and they you know, they beat Michigan three times during the regular season, the Big Ten tournament. But uh, I don't know. I mean, is, is beating Duke, you know, was at the national championship, in a sense, for Michigan State to beat that team, where now you, know, you go from beating a Blue Blood and Duke to now a Texas Tech team, which is obviously very good, but it's a football school, first time in the Final Four. I think Texas Tech is something really special here. I think that they, uh, they hang and maybe even beat Michigan State.
2: Bear in mind, again, Chris Beard, much like Bruce Pearl, <laughs> Uh, And Tony Bennett, never been in the Final Four before. Advantage Izzo, this is the eighth time that he has been there, the first time in four years, has a national championship. Uh, Kevin, it is an advantage. How much stock do you put in the advantage that Izzo's been there before with his staff, with being able to help his players stay focused with all the hoopla and the circus of, of Thursday night, Friday, Friday night, Saturday? How much of that do you put credence in for Izzo and Michigan State?
3: I hate to say it like this. I don't. And obviously, you know, with Izzo being there, you know, for as long as he has and built up Michigan State, great. But, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, didn't Lute Olsen win a tournament, uh, you know, in Arizona in the Final Four right. where Arizona never won, Jim Bayheim did with Syracuse, you know. So there are guys that have done it before that, you know, hadn't won it. And obviously Bruce Pearl is not at his first rodeo. Tony Bennett's on his first rodeo, Chris Beard, one of his first few rodeos, I guess. But, uh, you know, besides that, I just think that, you know, these guys, it's, you know, they're all have the same objective and, you know, win two games in three days. And, you know, I don't really think there's a lot of distractions in Minneapolis. I've been in Minneapolis. It's a very fine city. But I don't really think that, you know, guys will get in trouble or, you know, they're playing close to home where, you know, they, they could really be distracted. I just think that, you know, the best team will win. Like, that's the way I, I, if Texas Tech wins the whole thing, I don't think it's because, you know, it, it's, you know, at least amount of distraction, I think they're just probably the best team. And, and that's what I think it comes down to in the end.
2: One more thing on them. You, you've got Jared Culver, who's outstanding. I wonder if they can score enough. They've got uh, Moretti, the, the player from Italy uh, that they got. They've got an interesting team. They've got the transfer from St. John's, the long, lanky 6'10", long-arm shot blocker Tariq Owens. I just wonder if they can score it up. Now, Michigan State, the same argument can be made, other than Cassius Winston, who is got big firepower on that team. If Winston's not playing great, we'll find out. So that's that matchup. So you will take Texas Tech as the underdog on three-dog Thursday, take the two and a half, and you believe they can pull the upset. I will not go along with that I like Michigan State in this matchup I think they're gonna have probably 20 30,000 or more on Final Four Saturday regionally they're the closest team it is it is about a 12 or 13 hour car ride uh, because as we keep joking I've said this on other shows and other interviews you got to drive all the way around the Great Lakes and all the way around and through Michigan to get up to Minneapolis from Detroit so it's not like it's an easy drive but a lot of Michiganders a lot a lot of Michigan State fans will probably make the drive Friday, Friday night to be there for Saturday. It's easier on them than what it will be for Virginia, Auburn and Texas Tech to have a big crowd there. How much of an effect will that be in the arena? That remains to be seen. Okay, so that being said, uh, you obviously are thinking Texas Tech is in the title game, so is that the team besides Michigan State that you think can cut the nets down? Here is the Red Raiders. Is that what you're going with here, ultimately, on Monday night? Because Michigan State is going to be the favorite by most, so you think it's Texas Tech that could very well, non-Michigan State, be the national champs?
3: I think it's Virginia. I think in the end, well, also I took them in my tournament bracket to begin with, so I i okay. to stick with it, but... I think Virginia will end up winning this uh, this whole thing when it's all said and done. And you know, again, you know, you make an argument for all four of these teams. And, and I, you know, last year I think it was kind of tough to think Loyola Chicago would win the whole thing, but I think this time around, you know, you've seen what Auburn has done, some of the competition they've beaten, what Texas Tech has done. Obviously, Michigan State's excellent, and. Uh, when you look at Virginia and what they've done all season, obviously I just think that there is uh, an argument for everybody
2: yeah you can't you can't say anybody's undeserving. That's what you were saying essentially a little while ago. Everybody has beaten a good team, if not a great team, at least one or two of them to get to this point and now let's see who can put it together inside the Vikings home US Bank Stadium on the weekend i will go with auburn as the i have i have auburn as the team that will knock off virginia so i disagree with you there auburn may be able to beat michigan state i like michigan state in the matchup with texas tech I still think Michigan State comes out on top and Izzo gets his second title. But I'm going to go with Auburn. We're an underdog show. If you're looking at the underdog that could win the whole thing, I'm going to go Auburn on Monday night. Uh, and what a party they would have at Toomer's Corner where they, they throw the toilet paper all over the trees on the Auburn campus. Uh, They're in Auburn, Alabama. What a What a wild scene that would be. They have a football national championship with Cam Newton in this decade. Back in 2010, can they get a basketball title? Then again, Virginia may squeeze them off. We'll see if they miss the three-point shots. It's just something says to me Auburn is going to be ready for them and is going to be in the title game against Michigan State. We will find out. All right, so there we go with the final four thoughts. And again, so much insight that the fans, Kevin, can glean from your site, VegasInsider.com, with all your colleagues, all the news, all the information. Tell them about that, about the conclusion of the college basketball season and what else is there in store for them.
3: Yeah, we we finally made it down to the end of college basketball. And, you know, obviously it's been uh, a very fun season and a fun month with the conference tournaments and now with the NCAA tournament and getting to the Final Four. And, uh, yeah, it's just been really a lot of fun. And you can uh, get the previews of the Final Four for Saturday, the championship game on Monday night, and uh, pretty much put a bow on this whole thing. With uh, with the college basketball season, but past that, though, there's still a lot going on. That uh, you know, in spite of the AAF folding, you know, and a lot of people want to keep an <laughs> eye on that. But uh, we 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 still have a lot of things. Uh, you know, with the NBA playoffs starting, the NHL playoffs are starting, and then Major League Baseball is now underway, about a week in. So we still have a lot uh, going on. You could check out NFL win totals for the upcoming season. I know uh, people are interested in that. They're also interested in the NFL draft with props there for who's going to go number one, how many quarterbacks we take in the first round, all that other stuff. So uh, really a lot lot to do in spite of college basketball being over in a few days. So check us out at VegasInsider.com.
2: Love the inside intel that you get. And again, I'm propping him up one more time. Pay attention here to Kevin Rogers taking... Texas Tech, but not taking Auburn. Kevin, 6-for-6 six six on his underdog picks. And he had Texas Tech and Auburn both in the Sweet 16 last weekend. So he might know a thing or two about how those teams are playing. So a uh, great job by Kevin uh, throughout the year with the uh, with the different point spreads in college basketball. Let's do this. Uh, we We customarily have wrapped things up. Uh, with the preview show of the Final Four. I want to come back one more time and recap the Final Four with you. One final three-dog Thursday when it's over with. When it's all said and done, we'll know more about the coaching carousel. Again, at the time we're talking, and you may be hearing us on Friday or Saturday before the semifinal games that we've been talking about on the weekend for Three Dog Thursday. So you may know more about what UCLA did or didn't do with Jamie Dixon. We don't know that right now. Who else could the Bruins get? You, you may know about some of the other coaching situations. What does LSU do? Do they go ahead and fire Will Wade at some point here shortly? Might that happen Final Four weekend? Do they have another coach in mind? Uh, we know about Arkansas. Vanderbilt still has an opening. There's some of these secondary openings like Nevada that's now uh, come open a- a- as a, a as an opening because their coach, um, Eric Musselman, is leaving apparently to take the Arkansas job at the time that we're taping this. it's It's fascinating to see what the carousel is going to do uh this weekend we'll come back and talk about all of that next wednesday including whomever cuts the nets down on monday night so let's put a bow on it next wednesday here as part of three dog thursday kevin i look forward to the final four to the championship game and then talking to you once more when it's all over in minnesota next week on this show sir thank you
3: All right, you got it, TJ. Thank you.
2: That is Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper and writer, VegasInsider.com. Check him out on the website. Check out those predictions here as part of this show. Spread the word via social media, whether you found us at RadioInfluence.com. Spread the word to subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. That's where you can subscribe to this show. You'll also hear the Three Dog Thursday Morning Minute on your Alexa, on your Echo Dot. Subscribe there on your flash briefings to the Three Dog Thursday Morning Minute, uh, previewing the Final Four all weekend. For Kevin Rogers, I'm TJ Reeves. Thanks also to John Culver with us from FanVest Wagering Exchange, the CEO and founder of FanVest Wagering Exchange, as a sponsor to this show. And also another sponsor, Vivid Seats. Use that promo code TJBasketball10 for 10% off at uh, Vivid Seats this weekend for the Final Four for the championship game on Monday night. TJBasketball10 is the promo code. And we thank Casey Motamedi for being with us here from Vivid Seats that was on earlier in the show. That'll do it enjoy the games let's see what happens between virginia auburn and michigan state texas tech and who's playing in that title game monday night we'll come back one final time for three dog thursday next week For kevin rogers i'm tj reeves enjoy the final four bye this is a rush the field with scott seidenberg quick fix on radio influence You know, I love watching the spring games because it it gets me amped up for the upcoming college football season. You know,
3: we talk about it all the time with early enrollees coming into school. And so you have some
4: highly touted freshmen that are already in school for this spring semester. And then they get to participate in the spring games. So you get a little glance of what's coming up next
3: fall. But also, it's a time for position battles where they really begin. Let's say you got two quarterbacks going into the this fall season and you don't know which one's going to start well you're going to pay a lot of attention to that red versus white game or blue versus gold whatever you're going to pay a lot of attention to that spring game
0: yeah i think so i think that it has become and with the advent of some of the television networks that uh, the own conference networks they cover more of these games and i think it's uh, it is some fun for it kind of wets the the whistle so to speak for for programs uh, for the fans to be able to see exactly what what they have and kind of, and you're right, it's about looking at an individual player or two or three. It's a a unit group or, you know, how the passing game is going to develop or, you know, some part of your team that you may have some concerns about, maybe some youth, you want to see how it's coming along. What I always say though about these games is don't look at the result. And I don't mean the score, but don't look at the success of a certain aspect of your team and or a failure and translate that to that's what's going to be in the fall because a lot of what you do is working on simplicity, very vanilla, to try to work on things, to try to gauge as a coach where you need to do a lot of work. Rush the Field with Scott Seidenberg and Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.